today we gather on a 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A special welcome to the Basilica, to all of our parishioners and guests. Thank you for coming. But today we acknowledge our grandparents. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis, three years ago, declared this particular Sunday in July closest to the feast of Saints Anne and Joachim. To honor, to recognize all those who have handed on the faith to us as the faith was handed on to Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mother, from her parents, Saints Anne and Joachim, the grandparents of Jesus, our Lord. It's always good to acknowledge our grandparents, as many of them these days are in the nursing homes. Many of them do not have visitors or even phone calls. And to those of us who are older like me, who have lost our grandparents, the greatest way we can remember them is at the Mass, as we offer sacrifice to God, not only for ourselves, but for them. So today, be so kind, please, and do something for your grandparents who have had an impact on your life, who have been there in the good times and bad, and in the daily struggles and the chores. Today, as I was preparing through these readings, I was reminded of a joke I once heard. And the joke goes like this. There was a preacher who got up to his Sunday congregation. And he says, every member of our parish is going to die. The man in the front row began to chuckle. He says, let me repeat this. I think some of you don't understand. Every member of our parish is going to die. Now the man in the front row is starting to laugh out loud. And the preacher says, I still think some people don't get this. Every member of our parish is going to die. And the man begins to laugh that the whole church recognizes his laughter. And he says, sir, what is so funny about that? And the guy replies and he says, preacher, I'm not from this parish. I'm from the neighboring parish. I think so many times we look at this and we say the gospel does not apply to me right now. Why do we say that? Because as, unless we understand that you were made for God by God. Things in life will never make sense. That's what today's readings are all about. We are made by God for God. And that's why our Lord today challenges us to learn the lesson of prayer. Now, when I was ordained in 2010 as a deacon, I made three promises to God. And as I was looking back on these vows, I was thinking it's important for all of us to look at our vows, whether you're married or you're single, how do we live this life? Because this week is also a natural family planning week. How committed are we to Christ to love him as our groom? When we make our vows, we do it for him. We do it because he is so good to us with the many blessings and graces he continues to pour into our lives. 
The first vow I made as a deacon is the vow of celibacy for life. That means I give my body to the bride, to the bride of Christ, which is the church. And let me tell you, some days she seems like a big old lady. But we have to live it. Because that's a promise I've made to God. The second vow that I've made is obedience to my bishop. Obedience to my bishop. No matter what he says, I have to follow as long as it's in line and morally acceptable. And I look at this as a beautiful way to live. Because I don't have to say, well, what's my next move going to be as I retire? He's going to say, no, you go from here to there and from there to there. And he has this whole road thing mapped out. And when I find obedience attractive, is I give my heart to Christ. Isn't that what part of prayer is all about as well? Giving our heart completely for the sake of another. The third vow that I make every day, or that in my deacon ordination, is every day I pray the liturgy of the hours. Five times a day, a prayer for you and the church throughout the world. Now, to mess up on any of these promises is a grave responsibility. That we have to understand what we make before God, just like we do in our marriage vows. As I was reflecting on this, I was thinking about this prayer of the Our Father. How often do we pray it? Many of us probably pray it multiple times every day. When I do the Liturgy of the Hours, every morning prayer and evening prayer has the prayer of the Our Father. Then we come to Mass, we pray the Our Father before Holy Communion. Then when we pray the Rosary every day, we pray six more Our Fathers. And just through these three things, there are nine Our Fathers prayed every day. Nine is the number of a novena. It's beautiful. The prayer is beautiful, but it can be dangerous. How? Because the prayer can become mechanical. We have no idea what we are saying. It just flows off of our lips with no heartfelt emotion. Just like in today's readings, we could hear the word of the Lord. You say, thanks be to God. I could stop you right after that. And you said, thanks be to God for what? What did that reading just say to you? Am I truly grateful in my heart or am I going through the motions? And that's why I think it's good because we can look at all of these things and we can say, what about my prayer every day? Prayer can still even be a challenge for me who prays every day, a holy hour. Why? Because of the distractions, thinking about what I need to do. Thinking about people I need to reach out to that I haven't done that to. Or what I'll be doing next when I'm done with my holy hour. Distractions, distractions, distractions. And that's why Jesus focuses today on the Our Father. And I think that's something we need to reflect upon ourselves. What is driving me to prayer? It's easy to pray out of self-will. Lord, here's what I want. Here's when I want it. Here's how I want it. And God does not work that way. We see that in today's first reading. Abraham. You know, they're in the book of Genesis. If there's one just person, 
If there are 50 just people, Lord, will you spare us? Yes, I will spare you. How about 45? Yes, I will spare you. And Jesus is mine. If there is one, he will spare them. And that one came and they put him to death. There was one just person in the mind of God. And that's what we have to look at. And that's why today I'd like us to look at three points on the Our Father for our own reflection. The first point is the first two words, Our Father. Now, St. Paul reminded us today in that beautiful second reading that we were buried with Christ in baptism and we were raised with him. Those two words, our father, not my father, mean we have something in common. We are part of his family. And no father wants to watch his children be divided. Maybe politics. Maybe revenge. Maybe anger and hatred. Maybe malice. What are the things that divide the families today in the world? And these two words are key indicators of where this prayer is going. It's going to God. And we are all connected because he is our father. We are his children and we know that he shows no partiality. Our father is all about a relationship. Many people struggle in their prayer because they don't go as a relationship. They go with everything they want, what they want, and how they want, rather than God's will to be done for them and what is best for them. And that's why I think we fail to see how much God loves us. We fail to see that God only wills what is best for us. That's why I'd like you to reflect on the question, do you look at prayer as a spousal relationship? Imagine if you only checked in with your spouse once a week. But not only that, do you take the time to listen? To listen for his voice? To see where he is guiding us as you talk to him? The second point I'd like to look at today for reflection is, what does it mean your will be done? Not my will be done, but your will be done, O Lord. Nowhere in the gospel does it say anything about you getting your way. Because we are made by God for God. We are made by God for heaven, to live with him forever. And that's why we pray that we find God even in our struggles. That our heart opens up to God. It might be a diagnosis of cancer. Lord, help me to accept this if this is your will for me. Because sometimes God will not have a cure. Why does God want us to suffer? Because suffering has merit. We can suffer for other people. We can suffer for our intentions. We can suffer for our redemption. And that's why in today's gospel we hear the words, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Notice it doesn't say when you ask, seek and knock, you get what you want. God is not like the McDonald's drive-up window. Because God only wills what is best for you. And he knows what will destroy you. And that's why today's first reading with Abraham, he did not get what he wanted because God was nice. 
he got because God was good and his heart accepted what God had for him. And that's why God wants all of us to come to him because of that relationship. His will be done in our parish, in our community, and in our family. Finally, the third point I'd like us to look at today is we say the words, forgive us as we forgive those. Some people have hatred. Some people have anger. Some people hold grudges. It's time to let us go if we desire to be forgiven. It's time to let it go even though we've carried it for a while. You and I owe God a huge debt because we are sinners. A debt you and I could not pay. Jesus took our place on the cross. And because of his example, he expects you and me to forgive as he forgave. I'd like to, care, to encourage you today, if you're struggling with anger, or if you're struggling with grudges, to let it go, to talk to our Lord at this altar about that. Why? Because I believe it takes 20 to 40 years off of some people's life. And I'm reminded of an old legend of two men who were walking one day, and they had to get across a river that had been, the bridge had collapsed. So the two men said, well, you know what? We can swim. Let's just get across the river because we have to make our journey and continue our journey to see our family. And all of a sudden, as they were walking along, they came across this lady. And this lady was a little bit oversized and they said, can you swim, ma'am? And she said, no. So the one guy said, could you please get on my shoulders? I will try to carry you across the river. To which the other man looked at him and he said, you're crazy. You're crazy. What if she drowns you? He says, I'm willing to give it a try because God expects me to love her. And I'm going to carry that out right now. So all of a sudden they get down to the riverbed and they get across the river. And the man lets the woman down off of his shoulders as he carries her out onto the riverbed shore. And the lady walks off, does not say thank you. No appreciation, no love. And this bothered the onlooker guy. And two miles later, as they were still walking, this man said to the other guy, how can you do this for this lady? And he says, why? Because she didn't even stop to say thank you. She wasn't grateful for what you did. And the man looked at the other man and he said, that's two miles ago, when are you gonna let it go? Is that our story? It maybe happened 20 years ago. When are you going to let it go? Why do you live with that and walk with that and journey with that? That's why we are called to forgive as he forgave us. We know his mercy endures forever. We know that he loves us. But sometimes I don't think we treat our brothers and sisters with the same reverence and respect. That's why the Our Father is all about our relationship. Our relationship because we are all his children, coming him together this morning to receive him. And that's why during this Eucharistic revival, we need to remember the Eucharist is Jesus. He is here. What is your greatest desire today? More importantly, how do we pray that our heart is open to what he wants for us today?
Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.